Today's episode of the Shameless Picture Show is sponsored by Vinegar Syndrome. Check them out online at www.vinegarsyndrome.com. Vinegar Syndrome is one of the most interesting DVD and Blu-ray labels around because of their extensive catalog of horror, cult, exploitation, and vintage sexploitation films. Unlike most companies, Vinegar Syndrome is also a restoration company with their own in-house lab where they've done new restorations for companies such as Arrow, Massacre Video, and Draft House Films. Check out Vinegar Syndrome today and grab your copy of Dolomite, Sugar Cookies, Jack Frost, or even Psycho Cop Returns. While I'm a little more knowledgeable about the label than my co-host, I can assure you that I love their stuff. Whenever I'm at a convention, their table is one of the first I hit, and much to my wife's chagrin, I spend way too much time going over every single title. I own quite a few. So, once again, head over to www.vinegarsyndrome.com and grab yourself something cool. Seriously, my money is on Christmas Evil. Go buy it. It's John Waters' favorite Christmas movie. Therefore, it should be yours. He does a commentary on it. It's it's kind of great. He does a commentary with the director, which it's even better because he has a completely different like opinion of what the movie's about than the director, which makes it even better. Vinegar Syndrome. Check them out online at www.vinegarsyndrome.com. That's for fucking with me, you no-business-born insecure motherfucker! Today's episode of The Shameless Picture Show is sponsored by Mill Creek Entertainment. Mill Creek is the industry leader when it comes to value-priced DVD and Blu-ray features and compilations. They have one of the largest catalogs out there, ranging from kids programming, classic films and television, independent cinema, documentary, and Latino cinema. Hell, they even produce their own content in-house. Mill Creek is a trusted partner with some of our favorite studios, including Sony Pictures, Walt Disney Entertainment, Warner Brothers, CBS Home Entertainment, and many more. And the best part about Mill Creek is how easy they are to find. Mill Creek has deals with thousands of big box stores, grocery stores, drug stores, and practically any other retailer you can imagine. Trust me when I say I've owned plenty throughout my time as a collector without even realizing it. They're a name I can trust. Some of my favorite releases include Can't Hardly Wait, Night of the Living Dead, House on Haunted Hill from their Vincent Price collection, the complete series of Quantum Leap, the complete series of The Secret World of Alex Mack, and of course, you're the hunter from the future. Head over to www.millcreekent.com, that's millcreekent.com, and see what their collection has to offer. I guarantee you'll find something great. Warning! This movie podcast actually discusses movies. Be aware that it may discuss any of the following elements. Endings, surprise twists, unexpected cameos, and all manner of spoilers. If this doesn't appeal to you, why listen to a movie podcast? Without further ado, please enjoy our feature presentation, The Shameless Picture Show. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Shameless Picture Show. I am Michael Byers and today I am flying solo. Um, I'm sure some of you noticed that we, you know, we're bi-weekly. So when I say last week, I mean last episode cycle. Uh, I'm sure you noticed that we didn't have anything last time. 
Um, it wasn't intentional. Um, it's just been a busy time. Um, I, I've been busy with work. Nick's been busy with work. We've both been behind in a lot of things. And uh, it's, it's not always easy to, for us both to get together. I know we, we make the excuse a lot whenever, some, whenever we have to do an episode without each other. But it's, it's true. Um, you know, and plus being in different states doesn't help. That being said, um, I thought, you know what, a little break wasn't a bad thing, but uh, without realizing it, um, I had forgotten that Nick was going to a wedding in, I believe, Scotland, uh, so he's still over in Scotland doing, you know, doing that, hanging out with some friends, and I'm like, oh, shit, I need an episode, so this is not going to be very long, I'm going to apologize for that ahead of time, um, I'm going to talk about a couple a couple discs I was sent from some of our fantastic sponsors and then from there I um might maybe I'll talk about a couple movies that me and my wife watched but um let's start with one that I was very excited for from our our friends over at uh, Vinegar Syndrome uh I'm from Wisconsin I live in Wisconsin um born and raised here in Wisconsin and I've got a thing for regional horror films, horror films that were made in a specific state to be that state. You know, it's not like, oh, we shot this in Vancouver and it's supposed to be in New York or some shit like that. Like, no, like there's a certain feeling you get from a regional horror film, something like Evil Dead or Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And it's even better when it's a local filmmaker doing it. Uh, I, a couple episodes ago, I discussed uh, uh, Blood Beat which is one I really liked. Uh, it's a, I still consider it original horror film, even though the director came from France. But it it had a lot of the feeling and the vibe and everything that you get when you live in Wisconsin, which is pretty cool. Um, and that was always like an elusive one for me. Uh, but while I was researching Bloodbeat back before Vinegar Syndrome did a release of it, I was just trying to find a list of various regional horror films. And one that came up but was not mentioned as much because I feel like Bloodbeat was like the the Holy Grail um, re- Wisconsin regional horror film. Uh, there's another one that was made I didn't know about called Bloodhook. Well, okay, I should lie. I lie. I knew about it, but I'd never seen it. Uh, Bloodhook. Uh, great tagline. Once you're hooked, you're dead. Fantastic. Um, anyone who's listened to the show knows I love slasher films, and I, I love unintentionally cheesy slasher films. I love a slasher film that's not trying to be like, look at how goofy we are. <laughs> no, I love a movie when they're trying legitimately hard to make a good film. And, you know, maybe they failed along the way. And Bloodhook is the perfect example of that. And don't get me wrong, I loved this film. This was a lot of fun. But before I go too deeply into it, let me read to you what it's about. 17 years ago, Peter's grandfather went missing under mysterious circumstances. Now, Peter and his friends have returned to the placid Wisconsin town to check out his inherited lake house and to partake in the annual Musky Madness fishing competition. Soon after his arrival, Peter begins to sense that something isn't quite right, but none of his friends nor the local sheriff will believe him. But, as town folk and tourists begin to disappear, Peter becomes determined to solve the mystery, as well as that of his grandfather's disappearance, and soon finds himself facing off against a fish-hook-wielding madman. Yes, you heard that correctly. Uh, The feature film debut from director Jim Mallon of Mystery Science Theater 3000, the movie, 
Bloodhook is a distinctly comedic slasher that mixes copious bloodshed with wry satire. Never released domestically in its original version, Vinegar Syndrome presents this underseen regional horror oddity, fully uncut and featuring previously censored gore and mayhem on Blu-ray and a fresh cinematographer-approved restoration from its original camera negative. Bloodhook casts you into the heart of the world-famous musky madness fishing contest. It's him! It's him! He's doing it! It's various contestants. We're all like time bombs waiting to go off! Boom! And the one fisherman who's the most unique fisherman of them all. <laughs> the master fisherman. <laughs> this master caster will teach you all the angles. <laughs> He'll reveal his prize-winning methods for selecting and preparing his own bait. Yes, fellow anglers, this is your chance to learn the art of planting your hook and riding in your cat. So come on down. And join the master at this most delightful pastime. hook. Where the catch of the day. See Bloodhook. Fishing was never like this. Uh, Bloodhook definitely falls under that category of uh, films that have gotten better treatment than they deserve. Not because the Bloodhook wasn't great, but because, you know. Uh, no one should be spending this much time restoring these films, and I love that someone is. Um, the one thing I will contest in the back of this box is it claims that it's a comedic slasher film. Yes, it's funny. Um, but there's so many instances where I felt like they're legitimately trying. They're really trying to make a cool horror film. The worst thing about this film, I will say, is actually the kills. That I, um, it's the reason in my heart of hearts it didn't get a slightly higher rating. Um, I was hoping it'd be a little bit, it'd be a little bit more crazy. But I guess there's only so much you can do with a giant fish hook. But um, characters, I, I, characters are pretty great, all things considered. Uh, the setting is fantastic. Um, it was kind of great to see a giant musky statue that actually exists here in Wisconsin uh, on full display. And um, yeah, I actually had not known much about this film. Like, I didn't know really understand. I didn't really know who um, Jim Mallon was. Um, even though I had seen Mystery Science Theater, the movie, and um, no, no idea that he went to the University of Wisconsin-Madison, which is pretty, pretty fucking great. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's, 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 this movie's great because, well, the movie begins uh, with a character by the name of Peter, his grandfather, fishing. And there's this really great song, I'm Fishing for Love, or something like that. And it's really dreamy and weird. And his father's trying to teach young Tom, young sorry, young sorry Peter about fishing. And uh, his father just, uh, grandfather just gone and disappears out of nowhere. And Peter grows up with the this built-in trauma about this, about the town of Hayward, Wisconsin, about fishing in a lot of ways. So, you know... In a slasher film, what does someone do when they've got pre-existing trauma? 
they revisit it. Uh, and speaking of trauma, the uh, there's a character in the movie that I love quite a bit. I believe her name was Anne, who constantly, constantly keeps talking about his internal trauma. Like it, it mentioned so many times. Like if I were to, if I was still a drinking man and I were to. Um, I'll make a drinking game about this game. Anytime trauma or fishing is mentioned, you're going to get fucked up. Uh, but no, Anne keeps saying, it's like, you know, this is just internal trauma. You got to get past this. And it's so, as a matter of fact, the way she says it, as if it's like, oh, this is normal. This is, this is normal. Um, it, it's great. So while Peter's dealing with his internal trauma, uh, there's a great subplot of him having perfect pitch that I really enjoy. Uh, it always keeps coming up where like someone would sneeze or someone would tap a glass or something. And he's like, Oh, that's D minor. And that's G regular. And, uh, he's constantly talking about his perfect pitch. And, Anne, his girlfriend is kind of like, whatever, no one cares about your perfect pitch. And, but other people are like, man, you know what? That's really cool that you can do that. Why don't you uh, do this for a living? And, uh, um, and there's a girl named Kirsten who's like strangely into him for having perfect pitch. Like, I love that there's like some fucking music nerd out there that could potentially get laid because he knows the difference between G regular and A minor and all that. I'm, I'm just throwing out names. I don't know the difference between any of this stuff. I, I'm not uh, very musically inclined as much as I like music. So while all that's going on, there's also a, um, is a, a character by the name of Leroy Lutke, which is so painfully Scandinavian. I love it. Who is trying to win this musky festival? And that's that that keeps happening throughout the entire film. There's always talk about winning this musky festival. Leroy Lutke wants to win it. Um, there's a guy, I think his name is Wayne, who's won every single year and just does not like being challenged. And the entire time you find out, spoiler alert, he's growing a giant musky for him to catch. So it's really weird that like while people are being picked off, which it doesn't happen very regular. It's not like they don't really follow the every 10 minutes a kill rule. You're just getting to know these characters. You're watching them fish. They go for a fish fry in a very Wisconsin-esque uh, beer hall. And I don't know. It's, it's, it's strangely comforting. Maybe it's just because I'm from Wisconsin. I can't guarantee anyone, someone from Colorado would watch this movie and be like, oh... But it's like eating a big bowl of clam chowder, man. It's delicious. It's warming in- internally, and it makes you feel good. Um, that being said, you know it's 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 funny. I enjoyed the movie quite a bit. Um, and like I said, if the kills were just a little bit better, I think it could go up there and being a, of it being a new classic potentially. Um, and back in the day, um, Troma had distributed the film. Which is kind of cool. It's very trauma-esque in a lot of ways. But made better. Like, um, you get the feeling that Jim Mallon is a legitimately good director. And uh, even though he went on to work with Mystery Science Theater 3000, um, I really... uh, It would have been cool to see him do a little bit more because it seemed like he had a pretty decent grasp on the language of cinema. But, uh, yeah, I have not finished digging through this disc. Um, has a fantastic reversible cover. Because on the inside, they've got the original Troma Bloodhook cover, which is, you know, goofy and kind of fun. But the cover that um, Vinegar Syndrome had made for this is 
it's pretty great. Um, this is definitely going to be a film I, I want to start showing people. I'm going to I'm going to start doing double features along with Blood Beat, Blood Hook, Blood Beat, Wisconsin Blood. Um, would love if anyone out there has a connection to a theater or space that can do screenings. I'd love to do a Shameless Picture Show podcast double feature of Blood Hook and Blood Beat here in Wisconsin because I feel fuck we're in the state. We be people who live here who love horror need to need to see these movies. But um, sorry, a, a little tirade there. As I was saying, uh, I haven't finished digging through the disc, but I'll read the special features to you because they sound pretty interesting. It's got a newly scanned and restored 2K uh, from 16 millimeter original camera negative, right? Like, that that that's so cool that they the Vinegar Syndrome is doing this. Um, it's got it's a uh, hook, line, and sinker. An interview with director Jim Mallon. First, Blood Hook, an interview of actress Lisa Todd, What's in the Tackle Box? An interview of FX artist Jim Southers. There's an audio interview with cinematographer and editor Marsha Kamm. Um, sounds to me like it's a female's name, uh, which would be super cool if I found out this movie was shot and edited by a, a female cinematographer. That's pretty fucking progressive for 1986. This is still gallery original, uh, still gallery uh, original theatrical trailer, reversible cover, and subtitles. Uh, blood hook seriously recommend this especially if you're from wisconsin maybe if you're if one of our listeners from another state another country might not appreciate blood hook as much as we do here in wisco but honestly check it out i love it um and then we've got a release from our buddies over at mill creek um i'm a sucker for uh, what's the best way to say 70s exploitation films you know yeah i love black exploitation i love the crazy grind out stuff but the 70s had a really interesting time where like they were doing really crazy things like they had the billy jack series there was a bunch of trucker movies there's a bunch of car chase movies you know all this drive-in fodder that was fantastic um and i'll be the first to admit i'd never heard of this disc in, until um I had got their Nine Lives collection in the mail, uh, which comes with a bunch of cool stuff. Uh, but one of the films I decided to watch was called White Line Fever, which they put out for its 40th anniversary. Um, um, uh, the tagline is, Carol Joe Hummer, a working man who's had enough. Uh, Variety says about the film, I'm reading this off of their website in case you're wondering why I have all this ready, uh, White Line Fever is a good action drama, says Variety. Uh, here's what the film was about. A young Air Force veteran, Carol Joe Hummer, played by Jan Michael Vincent from TV's Airwolf, he was also in The Mechanic with Charles Bronson, anyways, Carol Joe Hummer starts a business as the owner-operator of a 13-speed, 7-and-1-half-ton diesel truck, which he dresses up and names the Blue Mule. With his bride, Jerry, played by Kay Lenz from Falling from Grace, he sets off to Tucson, Arizona, where his old friend Dwayne, Slim Pickens from Dr. Strangelove, the manager of a trucking company, gets him a job. But after Carol Joel realizes he will be carrying illegal cargo and refuses the assignment, he's beaten by a band of gangsters working for an organized group of criminals headed by Cutler, played by Don Porter of 7-Eleven Ocean Drive. 
when Carol Joe's commitment to staying honest results in even further violent retribution from the trucking syndicate, he has no choice but to team up with other independent truckers to break cutlers, stranglehold, and uphold the rights of a decent working man. Carol Joe is back. Jerry waited two long years. Now it's time to make a life for themselves. He's an honest trucker who won't make deals. I mean, I don't haul that stuff, I don't drive, huh? That's right. Just keep your mouth shut and do as you're told. But it gets tougher for both of them. I'm pregnant, Carol Joe. And I've been thinking I wish I were. They force him to fight back, their way. My name's Carol Joe Hummer. I come to get work. But he won't quit. Get up! No matter what. You're about to walk off a cliff, boy! He's only gonna get you dead, man! They got the muscle. They own the law. You're under arrest for the murder of Dwayne Howard. They terrify his wife. Take the deal and let's get the hell away from here. He's a working man who's had enough. Deputy dog, you know who this is. You call him and tell him I'm coming here. Ride with Carol Joe on a trip you'll never forget. White Line Fever is cool. I liked it quite a bit uh, because according to the dir- director, hold on, I want to make sure I'm I'm getting his name correct. Um, I'm Googling while I'm talking, so if you hear this sound, uh, I don't have a mouse pad at the moment, and that's my, mo- that's my mouse. Um, Jonathan Kaplan, uh, the director Jonathan Kaplan, he also did a film, uh, uh, The Accused, which earned Jodie Foster her first Oscar for Best Actress. Um directed this film he did a lot he worked on er he worked on a movie called truck turner which is actually not about trucks uh project x not the newer one the one from 1987 a bunch of stuff he he he's been working for a while uh Mm -hmm. but anyways he said that he he got this job to do a truck movie for columbia pictures because of the success of um because of the success of truck turner which columbia thought was a trucking movie it was not it was um i've never seen it but it was a black exploitation film starring isaac hayes and yafet koto um but anyways they thought the truck turns about trucks why don't you do this this truck movie and he wanted to make a modern day western heavily influenced by the films of uh, uh of sam peckinpah uh i don't know if sam peckinpah had made his cocaine field truck movie at this point let's see what was that convoy was 1978 and this is 1975 so yeah he wanted to make a modern day western influenced by sam peckinpah and sam peckinpah would later on to go on and do a truck movie called convoy which is really a coked out movie 
Uh, the irony is that, you know, like I said, he, he's doing a Sam Peckinpah-esque film and Sam Peckinpah would to go, go to do a truck movie. So that's kind of cool. And you can see the influence. Hell, even when I was reading that description, I was like, fuck, this sounds like a, like a Western. Um, you know, the, the lawful, the lawfully good character that comes, the rose in the town and wants to do good. And there's these bad people trying to pull him into something and it becomes a, a violent affair. Uh, hell, even the name, the blue mule, this sounds, you know, Western-esque. Um, Jan Michael Vincent stars in the film, will be the first to admit, was not a big fan of him. Before this film, I saw him in The Mechanic, and I heard I knew that my, Jan Michael Vincent was a big star, and I was like, I I don't get it, I don't I don't get the Jan Michael Vincent appeal, but I got it in this film. He's fucking charming, um, yeah, like his character of Carol Jo Hummer, I, I liked him a lot. Like I honestly feel like he could be one of those movie folk heroes that people talk about, kind of like in the way of Billy Jack. Like I feel like Carol Jo Hummer. One, that's a perfect name. That's such a good cinematic name. I'm surprised more people have, aren't talking about this film. Uh, one interesting note that I heard from the uh, read from the director that this is the first movie that uh, Jan Michael Vincent did cocaine. So, yeah, that's unfortunate because that's what eventually ruined his life and ruined his career. Um, um, but yeah. My biggest complaint about White Line Fever, um, I love the way it looks. I love the way it's shot. It's got that low budget '70s grit. Um, shot in a lot, shot with a lot of wides, like the Western style. Uh, there's some beautiful landscapes in this film. Once again, going off the Western style. My biggest complaint about it, though, is sometimes the editing is a little. Um, I'm gonna just keep going with the theme, the drug theme. It's a little coked out, where sometimes it's hard to place when or where something's happening in the timeline because it's all over the place not nearly as bad as say something like easy rider but you know there's a couple times i was like wait a second what's happening uh realistically though did not ruin my enjoyment of the film so as i said in the description carol joe hummer is <coughs> sorry um he is a a, sorry, a Air Force veteran. So he's he's now out of the army trying to do a job. Him and his wife, um, uh, Jerry, they want to, they get a truck. And they think that, because in the 70s, trucking was fucking huge. That's, that was a great way to make a living. Maybe not great because you didn't see your family, but it was a thing. Um, and he, he wants to, that's how he's going to make some money. And... Well, fuck, the description said everything perfectly. He has to start hauling thing, uh, some some contraband he doesn't want to. I think in the scene it was cigarettes and slot machines or something like that. He refuses to get the shit beat out of him. And it's a constant battle between him and people he thought were his friends and other truckers to do what's right. He wants to live, he wants to make an honest living and doesn't feel that there should be these big wigs telling him what to do and telling him what he needs to haul. Why can't he haul, you know, normal things? Why can't he haul, you know, toys for school children or some shit like that? He wants to be honest, he wants to be legit, he wants to take care of his family. Um, and like I said, Jan Michael Vincent is charming as hell in this film, and he's flawed. 
not in a way that you're like, ugh, fuck this guy, but in a way that like, okay, he's made a couple bad decisions. He's got a temper, um, but he's moral, and he thinks what he's doing is right. Um, yeah, it's it's really hard to describe what I liked so much about this film. It was partially the western esque style. Um, trucking movies are still kind of a blind spot for me, so maybe just the fact that this was one that I re- that I saw that I really liked is sticking with me. My mistake. Sorry about that, guys. Something was um, scanning when it shouldn't have been. But I enjoyed the movie. Um, Slim Pickens playing a character by the name of Dwayne. He's a lot of fun. He he steals every scene he's in. He's chewing the scenery. Uh, there's a character by the name of Pops played by an actor by the name of Sam Laws. That's a lot of fun um, because um, he's a little stereotypical and he's it's in a lot of ways it's offensive. Um, but what makes the character interesting is he's not just he, he's a black man and uh he's helping carol joe out but what makes it interesting is 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 pop's son does not agree with the, with what pops is doing does not agree with helping carol joe hum around because uh he believes that he's gonna carol joe is gonna get pops killed um so pops kind of turns against his own family and be like you know this kid I believe in him. I knew it was friends of his father. I'm going to help him out. So while he's a little offensive in ways, it's he, there's an interesting arc to the character. Uh, Don Porter, Porter, who plays Cutler, uh, is a typical sleaze bag. Uh, he's, he's constantly womanizing. He's a kind of a jerk. He's got bad hair. Um, he's everything you expect from this character. And honestly, if this movie had been made recently... I honestly feel like Don Johnson could have played him and played him perfectly. Um, it's honestly, just, I would suggest go and pick up White Line Fever. Go to Mill Creek's website. It's available in a DVD, and they've got a couple action collections that have got White Line Fever. It's worth the ten or fifteen bucks you'll pay. You'll get a bunch of other movies too, and White Line Fever is definitely something um, I feel like everyone who's a fan of this, this filmmaking from this time period should see. Uh, no features or anything, but the the transfer looks great. It's kind of a grindhouse print is what I think the way the vinegar syndrome says it, but that's what I've started using that term lately for something that's beat up. Like it's clean. Like they cleaned up the print, but it's still got enough uh, 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 imperfections to show, to give you an idea of what the film looked like then. Because sometimes when you clean up a print too much, it loses some of its character. Um, also, Keep an eye out for uh, a little a small cameo by Dick Miller. So that's kind of fun. Um, and kind of transitioning from White Line Fever, a uh, movie that me and my, wa- my, my wife watched recently. This, is, this was not put out by any of our sponsors, but, you know, I feel like it's I should mention it. Because especially after I was talking about White, White Line Fever, I was remembered about how similar these two films were in a way. Um Amanda and I just watched Brawl and Cell Block 99, the newest film by S. Craig Zoller. And God, there's a lot of similarities between this and White Line Fever and films made from that time. Like, it's it's very obvious that S. Craig Zoller is a fan of 
these these act I don't even want to call them action films because I feel like action films got a very negative connotation in the 80s where like you hear you say action film you start thinking of like Schwarzenegger films and crazy things like that but you know that this is an action film um I would not be surprised if he was influenced heavily by these these types of these, these action films from the 70s that have really interesting dialogue flawed characters and unique character traits i don't know maybe i'm wrong but brawl and cell block 99 is currently streaming for free on amazon prime and it was one of the best experiences i've had watching a movie recently and had i seen it before i published my list of favorite films of 2017 it would have made it it would have been duking out with baby driver as two of the best films i saw last year so um little extra recommendation in that you should all go check out brawl in cell block 99 so once again the films i recommend blood hook from vinegar syndrome just came out do yourself a favor um white line fever from um mill creek it's they've done a couple releases of it already so it's very available and then if you want an extra added treat brawl and cell block 99 probably my favorite vince vaughn performance all right, guys, like I said, this was going to be a short episode. Um, I wanted to make sure something was up um, instead of, you know, just ignoring another week. I know myself, if I go too long without continuing this show, it I don't know if it will continue. Um, I just need to keep it going. So even if I have to push out a, a shorter episodes that maybe aren't our best to get something up and to stay connected with all of you, I'd rather do it. Plus, you know, I'm constantly getting cool stuff from our sponsors, so I need to talk about it anyways. So there's always an excuse, guys. Um, I appreciate all of your love and support. I know the ep- this show is not always sticking to its format, but I like to believe you listen less because of a strict format, more because you like to hear us and hear what we got to say about movies. So thanks a lot, guys. Um, as always, you can you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music, and Stitcher Radio. Just found out that you can um, uh, listen to us on Google, on Google Home. Uh, it's a bit of a pain in the ass, and I'll be the first to admit this uh, because because of the name of our show, Shame List picture show is not the easiest thing for an AI to hear. It keeps thinking it or saying shameless. Um, but we're out there. What I had to do is I went into my settings, um, and made a shortcut that said, uh, Google play my podcast. And then I told it to, when it, when it hears that, have it play the shame list picture show on Google play music. It works then. Uh, my wife, every morning she wakes up and, uh, has it set to when she says good morning that it'll, uh, play whatever the newest episode is for her so she can hear my annoying voice um yeah listen to us on your google home people like why not right um as always guys thanks a lot you can find me on facebook and instagram michael underscore virus on instagram just find my name on facebook come talk about movies and go visit the shameless picture show facebook page it's the loneliest page on facebook it gets so few like uh so few uh views that i have to share the things on my personal page from there to get any traction but i'm not complaining i love doing this guys thanks a lot and we'll talk to you soon